Advisors Club, Saturday morning. Uh, I'd like to start this meeting with uh, the serenity prayer. God. 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 Grant me the serenity to accept, accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Welcome. I'd like to start the meeting as we normally do. Uh, everyone just uh, go around the room so we can get to know each other. Uh, my name is Douglas, and I'm a drug addict. Hi, Hi Doug. I'm Fawn, I'm an addict. Hi, Fawn. Hi, Fawn. I'm an addict. Hi, Sue. I'm Jimmy, I'm an addict. Hi, Jimmy. I'm an addict. Hi, Betty. My name's Karen, I'm an addict. Hi, Betty. My name's Hank, and I'm an addict. Hi, Hank. My name is Hank, and I'm an addict. Hi, Bob. My name is Bob, and I'm an addict. Hi, Bob. My name is Phil, I'm an addict. Hi, Phil. I'm David, I'm an addict. Hi, David. Daryl, I'm an addict. Hi, Daryl. My name is John, I'm, I'm an addict. <laughs> My name is Dan, I'm an addict. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. All right. Have a nice day today. Okay, as is a custom at our meetings in Southern California, uh, we read uh, excerpts from uh, the pamphlet of Narcotics Anonymous. Can I get a volunteer this morning to read who is an addict? All right. My name is Fawn, I'm an addict. Hi, Hi Fawn. Who is an addict? Most of us do not have to think twice about this question. We know. Our whole life and thinking is centered in drugs in one form or another, forgetting and using and finding ways and means to get more. We use to live and live to use. Very simply, an addict is a man or woman whose life is controlled by drugs. We are people in the grip of a continuing and progressive illness whose ends are always the same, jails, institutions, and death. Thank you. So, uh, as a custom, can I get a volunteer to read how it works? How it works. If you want what we have to offer and are willing to make the effort to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. These are suggested only, but they are the principles that made our recovery possible. One, we admitted that we were powerless over the addiction that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all those defects of character. Seven, we humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends with them all. Nine, we made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. We continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for the knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. 
having had a spiritual awakening as a result of those steps, we try to carry this message to addicts and to practice these principles in all our affairs. This sounds like a big order, and we can't do it all at once. We didn't become addicts in one day, so remember, easy does it. There is one thing more than anything else that will defeat us in our recovery. This is an attitude of indifference or intolerance towards spiritual principles. Although there are no must in NA, there are three things that seem indispensable. These are honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. With these, we are willing. Well, with these, we are well on our way. We feel that our approach to the problem of addiction is completely realistic for the therapeutic. Thank you. Therapeutic value of one addict helping another is without parallel. Parallel. We feel that our ways is practical. One for one addict can best understand and help another addict. We believe that the sooner we face our problems within our society in everyday living, just that much faster do we become acceptable, responsible, and productive members of the, that society. The only way to keep from getting or continuing a habit is not to take that first fixed pill or drink. If you are like us, you know that one is too many and a thousand never enough. We put great emphasis on this for we know that when we use drugs in any form or substance, substitute one for another, we realize our addictions all over again or create a new one. The substitution of alcohol has caused a great many addicts to form a new addiction pattern, which in its prog progression brings as many problems as before. We seem to forget that alcohol is one of the oldest known drugs. It would appear that we are people with addictive personalities who are strongly suggestible, susceptible to alcoholic addictions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Loosen up, huh? Hey. <laughs> Thank you. My name is Bob and I'm an addict. Hi, Bob. We keep what we have only with vigilance. And just as freedom for the individual comes from the 12 steps, so freedom for the group springs from our traditions. As long as the ties that bind us together are stronger than those that will tear us apart, all will be well. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on any unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. 
A loving God as he may express himself in our group context. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for membership is the desire to stop music. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or any as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the addict who still suffer. Six, an NA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the NA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems with money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every NA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Narcotics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, any as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, NA have no opinion on outside issues, hence the NA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of our traditions ever remind us to place principles before personalities. All right. Thank you. That's the biggest of the biggest. All right. Okay. Now we got the reading out of the way. All right. I'd like to, uh, I'd like to start this meeting off uh, with the suggestion that this be a discussion meeting today, uh, centered around uh, the 12 steps of Narcotics Anonymous and how they work for you and how they work in your life, and uh, and that 12 step, how we can better offer this to other people, you know. Uh, I, th I think the most beautiful, beautiful part of this program is, uh, is uh, that little phrase uh, in our pamphlet, you know, that, uh, that doesn't very often get read in meetings because uh, it's not part of the, uh, the reading uh, material uh, that says, in, in desperation, we sought help from each other, you know. It's like when it gets down to it, you know, whatever you believe in, whatever your concepts, whatever you come here with, it, it all seems to boil down to that simple statement, you know, in desperation, we sought help in, from each other. And the most beautiful part about it is that uh, it's here, you know. Uh, we have it to give today. And uh, I don't know, I'd sort of like to uh, just uh, just run this on a, on a volunteer uh, basis. If you'd uh, like to share this afternoon, if you have something uh, uh, possibly of this last week, some experience with the step, uh, if you could uh, possibly share that with us today, you know. Many of us uh, have been here a lot longer than others, and a lot of the living experiences that we go through and uh, apply this program in our lives, yet unknown to those other people, uh, we can share that today, you know. Uh, uh, would anybody like to uh, volunteer uh, to, uh, to share a little bit with us today? I'll, I'll start it off. Uh, There's a couple of things that go into the mind, you know. Um, <clears throat> You know, uh, it just looks like, um, you look like, in a way, I'm out of place, you know, in terms of, uh, fellow people look too good, you know. <laughs> 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 you got clean faces and shine shoes and cars parked on the parking lot and everything. Uh, part of what I think one of the, the things that I 
things I, I think I have difficulty with, you know, I have to always go back to that first step and understand what addiction is about. And uh, I have to, you know, the totality of what addiction is all about. And it took a long time for me to come to grips with the total personality of me being addicted. It has very little to do with uh, whatever chemicals I may have used uh, in order to arrive here. Desperation, that desperation you're talking about. Uh, it took a long time for me to understand what addiction was about, really. You know, I read the steps a thousand times, but I never really knew the true impact of what my addiction was about, you know. Uh, it's constantly creeping up, you know, when things of, of a nature of, I get that gratification or that feeling good or it looks good and I'm going to run with it. You know, I'm still into that. You know, I catch myself, well, here I go again. You know, uh, running crazy because something made me feel good or, you know, I, it looked good and worthwhile running it to the ground until I start getting, you know, I actually get sick about it. You know, uh, not, you know, it's kind of a, I related to the, you know, the addiction to the drug. <coughs> But it's hard to understand sometimes, you know, to really get to that point of, of how far-reaching it is. You know, I've seen it with the money thing. I've seen it with the sex thing. I've seen it with, you know, the drug thing. I've seen it with just, if it looks good, feel good, let's go. You know, and run with it. And uh, in some ways, uh, you know, it came up, you're talking about cropping up last week. You know, I've gotten to a place where I've, develop a little more fluids. There's <laughs> no other way to say it, you know. But I think about, at the same time, I become uh, very uh, tight-fisted. Uh, I still uh, very selfish. Uh, I become, uh, a lot of the negative things go along with it. It's not that it's not what people are doing out there. It's just how it affects me in terms of how off-center or how crazy I can get. Uh, how, you know, all-encompassing this here, my disease of addiction is. Uh, I fully understand it in a, in a sense of saying I can see it unfolding. Sometimes I don't see it happening because it's very subtle. It just saying, well, this is nice. You know, I enjoy this. And I just want a little, you know, a little taste of good things of life. And so I'll get off into it. Uh, and sometimes I, you know, I have to just remind me continually that uh, that first step, you know, my life is still unmanageable in many ways. That uh, my addiction is all encompassing. It has very little to do with whatever chemical I use. That uh, so I get overly involved, overly obsessive about it. Point to, you know, just go, you know, like do it, baby, you know, uh, until I get the pain. I see some of the things that are happening around me that are painful where it affects other people. And very often it becomes painful for me seeing them suffer or seeing how I affect them. How I affect them. Not their reaction to it, but just how I affect them. And it's, uh, it kind of reminds me once again, you know, that I got a lot of, I still got a lot of work to do. Regardless of how long I've been around here, it's one of the little subtleties that kind of seemingly creep in with everything just, just sailing along, you know, just beautiful. And then all of a sudden, uh, that's what's happening. So, uh, 
I think, you know, one of the things we come in here with, and I think we talk about many things, but I think when we get to understanding the true nature, or when I get to understand my true nature of my disease, how for all encompassing it is, it's, it's a whole me. You know, my very being is just addictive. You know, uh, I was talking to a young lady earlier, you know, like, it's good, you know, and we just, hey, we're doing it for good things, you know. We just, you know, just overshoot the goal somewhere. And that's what I usually do. I overshoot the goal somewhere. You know, I was, I'm so busy trying to make money out there that I, you know, I just sold me a place out from under me, you know. I, <laughs> I sold a house and everything. I just sold it, you know, don't need a place to go. Before I had a place to go. <laughs> Is that beautiful? Right? And I'm just now running around like a rat in a sewer, right? Uh, trying to get that part of living back together. I said, what I told myself, deluded myself, I'm going to simplify my living. Okay? I'm going to get rid of, I'm not going to be the landlord no more. I'm just here going to do this and I'm going to do that. And so I just wheeling, dealing, selling stuff. Rather than having preparations of saying comfortable living or having a place, and I know, you know, I know that I'm not going to be out in the cold, but uh, it's uncomfortable where I am. Everything is packed in boxes and in things and packed away and in store, you know. And I don't like that. It's very simple. Although I intended toward you know, my best laid plans. Now, I didn't ask any of you, what should I do? One person did give me a suggestion. He said, if he calls you that much headache, get rid of it. So I got rid of it. Yes. <laughs> I followed suggestions. Uh, I was supposed to have some follow-up suggestions to go along with it, but I didn't consult with nobody. <laughs> Somebody else asked me just today, you know, when I was up there telling them about, you mean, you, didn't you have another place? No, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, when you're in the mess, it just don't seem to work out the same way. It's when I can stand back from it or let you, you know, let you know what is happening that I can see it better. And I think that's part of the value of, you know, we can see each other as we don't see ourselves. And, um, and it becomes very helpful in that, that respect that I can always get a view of my addiction. And I have to get back to that first step that my life is still unmanageable. It is getting better, but it's still unmanageable. And that I can uh, predispose in some respect to this here sickness inside of addiction. That's all I have. Yeah. yeah that, that's interesting uh, how we uh, are so drawn to uh, to impulse that we would call inspiration. You know, <laughs> we, we had, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Anyway, uh, got my train of thought. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, but we forgot the we, we forget the final through. You know, it's like uh, I applied for a loan for a car. Sure, I'm going to get the loan. It's going to be positive. We sold the other car. Now we didn't get the loan. And we don't have the other car. So it's like uh, you know, you, you can't ride on money. You know, it's like a, it's like being a millionaire and being broke. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know that, that, that's where it is. And it's like, 
I don't know. That's that to me is the illness. You know, it's like uh, I hate to look at the illness like it's a second part. You know, it's like something outside of me. You know, like uh, uh, like my enemy or something like that. You know, it's like I get so self-centered and so self-obsessed that, uh, that that I forget of something within me. You know, it's that it's, it's some ingredient. Uh, uh, I don't know whether it's natural, chemical, or what it is, what this thing called addiction is, you know. I, I, I really wish somebody had a, uh, a definition, you know, that you could just, you could say, yeah, you know. I know that it is obsession uh, coupled with impulse. I know that, that freedom from that is recovery, you know. And it's like, if, if I had to say anything about this program, you know, it's like, uh, Jimmy often says, you know, it's easy to find out what something is not rather than try to define what it is, you know. And it's like, uh, I really know that this program, in, in very simple terms, is, is not a drug program. It's not uh, any of those things that I have known before coming here. I think that this program is a program that at times helps me derive freedom from myself, you know. When I can get free of me long enough, uh, I plan for some reason. When I can get free of me long enough, I see things the way they really are, and, and I follow through with things, you know? And, uh, God, I, I was just saying the other day, uh, I'm clean, I'm, I'm sober, and, uh, and, and that's great, but it's like, what am I going to do about that thinking, you know? Is, I, I think that that's what you were saying, Bob. It's like, it's like, how do you get free of that thinking? You know, I think that that's really what we're talking about. They told me when I first got here that I had to change my, give up my old ideas, give up my old thinking. And uh, I still find after seven and a half years, much of that is still uh, creeping into my life, seeping in, you know. It's like, uh, I, I don't know if it actually ever goes away. You know, I, I guess I just have to have faith that it, it'll be arrested, you know? And, uh, God, I don't know. Is there anybody else who would like to uh, to share this morning? Hello. Yeah, my name is Jimmy. I'm a recovered addict. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy. Along the lines that Doug was talking about, uh, you mentioned that sometimes we can find out more clearly what something is by seeing what it is not. One of our patterns. Uh, talks about that in particular. It uh, lists four things that addiction is not. And very simply, I'll just run the uh, top part out. And uh, anybody who has not read this pamphlet could get one right off the table there. These are free for anybody that wants them. Number one, addiction is not freedom. We know that pretty well. Number two, addiction is not personal growth. If there's anything, it's uh, retards it. And addiction certainly is not goodwill. When I came here, I had nothing left, especially as far as goodwill was concerned. I hated everybody, everything, myself more than anything else, I do believe. And above all, addiction is not a way of life. Now, maybe some social users might find it a way of life or a lifestyle that they like, but when it comes to addiction, it certainly is not a way of life, but rather it's a way of death. And it's a way of uh, negation, if I can use that term. So some of the things that we have to, to do, I believe, at nearly all of our meetings, we touch on it in different ways. And that is, 
What is our terminology? What do we think addiction is from our experience? Because this seems to be the basis for everything we do. What is our experience as a body? What is my experience as an individual that I can offer that might help somebody else? And these are the things that finally we say addiction as we understand it is a compulsion and an obsession. The impulse that Doug spoke about is only one small part of the addict personality. The addict personality is well known. It's been known to psychologists for years. We have to study it for ourselves so that we know from the inside what we are. And above that, uh, it's an emotional as well as a spiritual problem. It seems that when we hit bottom and are willing to do something about the problems we face, we have hit a spiritual low. I, I define that for myself. When I reach that point where I look in the mirror in the morning and I spit at myself because I was not acceptable to me, I could no longer face myself. I cussed myself. I want nothing to do with me and I couldn't get away from this character who was the addict. And I think these are some of the things that we, we find out that our terminology suits us best. The compulsion means very simply to us that after having started to use an addictive a drug, that I cannot stop. I have to let it run its course. It has to run its cycle. And then the addict, that cycle is a continuous cycle. And it continually gets worse. Uh, when we stop and are able to stop when we come to Narcotics Anonymous, no matter what method is used to get us here, we find out that that's about half of the illness. It's gone right there. I don't need anything until I take something. I may want something, but I don't need it. And that need, that urgency, that I can't do without it, is gone. And the obsession then is removed by working our steps. Because this brings us to grips with the problem, with powers that we have to find to help ourselves, with ourself, our inner self, to straighten out our life, see what we have to work with, and then our steps as they go along into seven, eight, and nine, take us into relationships with other people on the program, outside the program, our family, our friends, so that we can live a life of freedom, so that we can feel not so much for me comfort as ease. I was never at ease all my life. I was never at ease no matter where I went. In my own family, I was not at ease. I was not at ease for my, my mother, my, my brothers, my sisters. I was never at ease as I am today. And I think this is it. Then we find out that when we get into the working part of our steps, uh, that these are the daily things that we face that brings us to what Doug was talking about. How did you do this week? What happened this week that maybe you had to think about more than once and get yourself back in the right direction? So I shoot angles. I know that about myself, so I have to be careful. I'm always looking for an easy way. I'm always looking for a few other things that might come my way that I would like to have without paying any prices, you know? And I think this is what all part of addiction. And some of the things that make up addiction, we mentioned the one, the impulsiveness, you know? Uh, we have that other thing that's uh, known as, uh, uh, we have a certain word for it, like just grasp it right now, I've lost it. But inadequate, they call it, inadequate. I never felt that I really was competent to do anything as much as you were competent to do the same job. I hated competition with individuals because I always felt that I was less than. So here's this, and then we have that spiritual sensitivity 
It's not only a dispersion sensitivity that we use on the program after we're clean for a while, but we use it in a different way. The old way was, you hurt my feelings, therefore I'm going to use, and therefore I'm going to get even with you. And we didn't realize, we always talked about, well, I have no patience. I had any patience. Patience was a, a virtue I didn't have. Well, I want to tell you, I was a patient man, even in my addiction. If I was going to get even with you, I'd wait 10 years. <laughs> I did that. I almost killed a man because of it. If somebody hadn't pulled me off, I'd have been doing time for it. You know? uh, this is it. So, uh, yeah, but above the wall, I think, was that little voice inside me that we all talked about. I call him that little dictator bastard, you know, inside of me that says to me things like, even now you say to me, oh, go ahead. So they don't know what the hell they're talking about. So, do it your way. Go ahead, try it, try it. You never tried that drug before. Why don't you take a crack at it? Maybe now you can handle it. These things never attack us the same way twice. They always come from a different angle. And I found out that I used to set things up. I say, well, I will do this if that happens. And again, I'm going into that old intellectual bullshit that I've always used. I solve everything mentally and then rest back and say, oh, isn't that nice? It's all solved now. I put no action into it. Now think about what we find in this program, the action really is the magic part of this program for ourselves. What we believe and what we practice, we do it every day to some degree. We come to a meeting. Actually, we come to a meeting like this, as I pointed out to somebody the other night. We perform part of all the 12 steps by coming to a meeting. I revealed myself a little bit to you. You reveal yourself a little bit to me. Sometimes I come to a meeting, I'm down. You can inspire me to try to grow a little bit, a little more each day. And I think this is what we do mostly for each other. Uh, it comes back down to the basic thing. We banded together because nothing else seemed to be helping us. We got together with each other because we can do what I can't. And that's it. We can do what I can't do alone. And uh, that's about all I have to say. Somewhere, let me know in your drug log, as I call it, how many years. Oh, my name is Dana, and I'm an addict. Hi, Hi Dana. And uh, this is my birthday week. I have four years of total abstinence and narcotics anonymous this week. Right. Yeah. Um, I can really feel good about that, and I, you know, and I can feel grateful a lot of the time that you know I'm clean and sober. I'm not in jail anymore that I'm doing good things for myself, and I'm helping myself. And they say it's not a drug program. It's not a drug program. It's a self-help program. I'm here to help myself. And, you know, when I came around uh, a little over four years ago, uh, I had no hope. You know, all I had was a lot of despair that things were going to continue the way they've been continuing, in and out of institutions, out of jail, being on methadone maintenance, uh, getting injured as a result of some of the things that I did when I was using drugs. Today I don't have those problems. You know, today I don't have those problems. I have living problems that I have to contend with. How to advance myself on my job. How to become a better human being, to be more helpful, and to get rid of the self-centered ideas that I have, that I've had for a long, long time. 
And it's like, uh, today my disease comes out in other ways. You know, we're talking about addiction. We're not talking about my drug problem. I don't have a drug problem today, but I have a, still have a disease called addiction running rampant in me a lot of the time. And this disease is like uh, a self-seeking type thing. That, uh, I try to gratify myself in other ways. Maybe it's through sex or maybe it's through money power, prestige. Uh, it's been coming out a lot in me lately in, in, in gambling. You know, and I can feel the same feelings that I used to feel when I was using drugs. The same kind of feelings, the obsession to want to play again and again, because I, this time it's going to be different. This time uh, I'm going to win. It, it used to be uh, this time I'm going to feel like I did that first, first time. It used to be like that when I was using drugs. I wanted to forget that good feeling that made anything just feel all right. Uh, through this program, I have created a lot of good feelings within myself without taking anything. You know, the good feelings that I that I've produced for myself are for doing productive things for myself, things that make me feel worthwhile by helping another person, by giving of myself, by advancing in my career that I've chosen today, uh, by being self-supporting, and all those things. You know. Make, my, make me feel good, but I have to get back to the basics a lot of time. I have to get back to where I came from and how, how much of a, what, how strong this disease that I have in me is, and how it can run rapid at any time, even while I'm in this program. You know, I don't use drugs today, and I haven't for four years, but I still feel that addiction and that disease in me a lot. You know, and, it, and that's why I have to get back to remember that I. I'm powerless over my addiction, whatever they may might be, and my life is unmanageable. Even today, you know, right now, right now, my life is unmanageable today. You know, but you know, I, I know that drinking and using drugs is no alternative to anything. You know, I've already went through that trip for a number of years, and I know it doesn't solve any problems. But I know what does solve problems for me, and that's the steps of this program. And my favorite, I think everybody has a favorite step, and I think a lot of you will agree with me, that step number three is gives me a lot of freedom, where we make a decision to turn our life and our will over to the care of God as we understand Him. And it seems like all this big load that I carry with me sometimes with all these little living problems that I encounter, that if I just turn it back over to the care of God as I understand Him, to a power greater than myself, that a big load is taken off my shoulders and I can generally just flow along with what's happening and, and it makes everything okay. This program has given me a lot of freedom, you know, more freedom than I could ever imagine. But I, I myself, my, I myself give myself a lot of, uh, put myself in a lot of change. You know, I really tie myself down. You know, and it's like uh, I have to get back the basics and do what I know I have to do in this program. That's why I need to go to meetings every night. That's why I need to share with people. That's why I need to, I need to be here at this meeting today. You know, what I've heard already made me feel better. You know, just, you know and when I, when I compare how I've been acting in my sober life with my uh, with my gambling and my self-seeking compared to how I used to be when I use it, it's the same. You know, it's the same trips. And, uh, yeah, I'm celebrating four years of clean and sober living this week. And I can feel good about that. I can feel good that I'm sitting here talking to you all, and I'm not in probation, and I'm not on parole anymore. But yeah, you know, I've got to work on myself. Even in this program, I've got to take some positive action 
to make me feel good on the match like I've been doing all along. And uh, you know, thank you for sharing my birthday with me this week. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> if I if I can get over that first one, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I worked the 12 steps. Yeah, I stayed sober, and then I promptly forgot it. All right. You know, it's like uh, I get back out in here in this life. You know, I leave these meetings. I leave these people. I start getting involved again, seeing what is going on other than my own recovery. And, and I get a certain amount of confusion, and I think that that's what it is. But really, for a drug addict, the steps are what is. As long as I am applying those in my life, that's what is, see? And I will maintain my sanity, see? Uh, like I said, if I can just get over that first step, you know, it's like I go out here and I have what I would call a run today, you know? It's like I see a painting that I must have. It is more money than I have. So can I borrow the money? Can I find the money? Can I cut here? Can I cut there? And I go through this whole trip to acquire things, you know? Forgetting about the program, see, that if I would but just work my program, everything will be all right. I'll probably get the painting anyway, you know. <laughs> but what happens is, is it, it's like I lose touch. I get off leash, you know. So like I said, if I can get just past that first step, you know, get, get back to, uh, to basics, it's like uh, that second step is like something, that's the gift of the program as far as I'm concerned. It's, I mean, how do you work? We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. That's like, that is one of the steps that there's just, there's no predictability on that, you know. I think you can sit around this program for, for five years and not come to believe that a power greater than you can restore you to sanity, you know. That's like something that is the gift. It's like you're sitting in a meeting one day, or you're sitting on your job, or you are somewhere, and suddenly there is some calm. In those deeper recesses, you know, that addiction used to fill, you know, somewhere in there is is just a calm, you know, and it's real. And, and suddenly, you you actually hear music when you're sitting in restaurants, or you actually smell the air when it's good. You you, uh, you know, like I don't want to get like uh, you know, we hear birds singing and all that, you know, but really that is where it is, you know. That's that's the, that's the whole trip, you know, and. Uh, I don't know, that, that's my favorite step. Uh, and uh, my life was centered around using drugs, and that was, I spent practically every waking moment on how I was going to get loaded or being loaded, etc. And um, it was just a big relief knowing that I didn't have to do this whole thing um, alone. Um, I couldn't believe that there, if I just hung tight, that I wouldn't, you know, I couldn't believe in the beginning how uh, I could wake up and not think about drugs. I knew that I might be able to stay clean, but, um, you know, I heard you people saying that you could wake up and, and go through a whole day and not even think about drugs, and that part is what I wanted. I wanted that, that freedom from um, drug addiction, that uh, whole thought process that takes me time and time again back to uh, using drugs. Um, 
they kept telling me to just keep coming back, keep coming to the meetings, uh, um, get to know people, get to, get to uh, ex you know, let people know who I was. And uh, they gave me this little pamphlet, and they told me to read it and to keep reading it. And, um, and then that was when I started learning about the steps. And it was when I started to try and apply the steps and, well, discovered the steps that I realized that there's a way for me to stay clean. To me, this program isn't about just stop using drugs. It's about how to stay clean and how to be, uh, be comfortable with myself. And uh, that's what I've gotten today. I've got about a year and a half clean and sober now, and most of the time, I'm happy. Not all the time, but most of the time. And um, I think that the biggest, uh, the, the rewards of this program is the friends that I have, the people that really care. Uh, when I first came here and I heard uh, people say, well, if you want to use at 3 o'clock in the morning, just call us. I didn't believe them. You know, I didn't believe that, oh, people really aren't going to take a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning until one time I had to. And you know what, man? The person didn't complain on the other end of the phone. They just, they understood where I was at and they were willing to help me. And I never got support like that out on the streets, you know. I, um, I'm very grateful today for the people that are in my life that, that are willing to uh, help me through moments when I don't think I'm going to get through them. Uh, I've ha after coming around, and you know, I didn't come into this program and right away believe in a higher power. I didn't understand higher power. So in the beginning, I, you know, it's like the beautiful, you know, I look at step one and, and I, I think how I finally got step one for myself as part of drug work, that it wasn't so much about that, you know, I kept looking at it like I've got to stop using drugs. I think what happened is like I surrendered, you know, it's like I'm an addict, you know, I'm, as long as I keep fighting drug addiction, I'm going to lose because I'm an addict. And so what I did is I surrendered. I, I just said, hey, I'm an addict and I'm totally powerless over drugs. So knowing that, I just don't take them, you know. And uh, then I had to come to believe in a power greater than myself. In the beginning, it was you people, you know, you people that had uh, some time clean and sober, you people that had 30 days, a year, two years, 30 years, you know. I looked at you people as a power greater than myself because you were doing something that I could never do. And uh, through through coming to meetings and uh, sharing with other people in this program, I've come to find a higher power of my own. And uh, I don't know, I've, found, I've gotten a little bit of taste, a little taste of what the spirituality of this program is. Uh, I don't have to do anything alone today in my life. Um, through working the steps, uh, I don't have to, like, you know, I'm not using drugs now, right? But like what other people have been talking about, like they come across like, times, periods, whether it be uh, uncomfortable or going through changes or something. And, and I don't have to stay there anymore. You know, I can apply the steps of this program to those things, too. Um, through writing inventory, which is the fourth step, I discovered a little bit about who I am, you know, what makes me uncomfortable, you know. Now that I know what makes me uncomfortable, I might not dive into something anymore that continually makes me uncomfortable. Um, I think that the biggest joy in this program for me today is uh, sharing with someone brand new, you know, and seeing them uh, get this program or coming to an understanding and watching them come to their own understanding. Uh, and that is, 
you know, like whenever I'm in one of my uh, bags, whatever it is, you know, if I'm down, I'm up, or whatever, when I'm just sharing with, uh, with another addict, uh, sharing with them, which, which was what was so freely given and shared with me, uh, I see something, and I, I manage to get free from myself just a little bit to see somebody else hopefully get uh, the message of recovery. Um, I don't know. I've, uh, I'm very grateful to the, this, the uh, Narcotics Anonymous. I, um, like, I went through some changes this past week, too. You know, I, I really identified with what Bob was saying, you know, like, uh, I went ahead and sold my car uh, thinking, I, you know, like, that thing to do, right? And now I don't have a car. So uh, just like with jobs, I, I quit jobs and and uh, before getting another one, you know. Um, you know, it's like today, I'm, I, I don't wake up with a driving obsession to use drugs, but I know that I'm a drug addict. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went to a, a, a fancy French restaurant with some friends on the program, and I had to go to the ladies' room, and, I, and it was located in the back of the restaurant. And when I was in there, the first thing that came to my mind, and, and mind you, I was in a real good place, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was, wow, this is a great bathroom to get loaded in. You know, it's locked, it's got good running water, good lights, you know, I mean, that was amazing, you know, and I didn't, it just popped up. Uh, the th I heard someone say it a couple of weeks ago, and they were taking the vitamins out of their vitamin uh, bottle, the cotton. You know, like I do that too, like, wow, handy cotton, maybe I should save this. You know, just weird thoughts like that. You know, I know I'm a drug addict, you know. I still sometimes, like when it rains, I'm sure normal people don't think about using, you know. I do, you know. And sometimes too much rain really gets me back to those days when it was really hopeless and, and I was just, um, you know, so uh, uh, down out, down and out. And, uh, I'm glad that I found a place where I can share with other people and, and learn how to live a day at a time. And uh, um, I have hope today in my life. And I have some faith today that things will get better. Uh, I know that I wasn't put on this earth to always be miserable. Uh, when I am miserable, it's usually because I choose to be. Um, but I don't, I don't always stay there. Um, most of the time, this, this program is like a journey, you know. And uh, it's about growing up for me. You know, I'm learning how to grow up. And uh, it's not all that painful. Sometimes it is. But uh, with the support and help of other people on this program, I'm, I'm doing it. And thanks for letting me share.
would give up on that church and I would go to another church because somebody else would, you know, say that they had the answer. I kept thinking that the people could tell me who God was, you know, that like they knew. <laughs> and what I found out over the past few years is that so I can't find God, you know, as I understand it, and I don't care to, and there's no point in it. And the less I try to define them, the better it works for me as far as trying to get into conscious contact, whatever that is. And that's where the 11th step, I like that, because it says praying only for knowledge of his will and the power to carry it out. Because in those times when I was trying to define God and look for God in the church or wherever, um, I was always praying for things. You know, like I, one time I prayed to get out of debt. And, you know, and all my prayers were answered, but, you know, whatever. Uh, one time I prayed to get out of debt, and I, about a couple weeks later I got in a car accident, and my ankle got broken, my head got smashed in. And then a few months later, I got several thousand dollars, and I got out of debt. I mean, my prayers were <laughs> But I know that it's a lot safer. And besides being a lot safer, you know, it's self-will to pray for stuff like that as far as I'm concerned in my life. So I don't pray for things anymore. I just pray for knowledge of God's will and the power to carry it out, whatever that is. And I hardly even define that, just trying to put one foot in front of the other. Um, or had to deal or face something that I didn't want to. I'd let my anger overtake me. I'd, get, I'd say things, do crazy things, uh, run, quit, give up, and got to a point where I got tired of uh, copping out and just trying to bury my thoughts in, in the drugs that uh, I was into. And one day, uh, I reached out and started looking for, for help uh, because my life was totally, totally unmanageable. I, I couldn't deal with it. I tried to give it up alone. I did all right for a while, but then I ended up facing the same problems, the same feelings, and ending up going into the same old hang-ups and going back to my using because that's the way I knew how. And I got involved with this, this program uh, through a, a, a TV program that uh, I had seen, and I reached out and used the number that I saw, and it took me a while to make that phone call, uh, admitting to yourself that you really have a problem. Uh, is, is part of the program that I've, I've learned uh, to be honest, to, to not bullshit yourself and uh, make excuses like I, I had to when I, when I was using. That's, I was great at making excuses. Uh, I've always been a manipulator to my likings, uh, to the best of my ability, and uh, a quitter and a runner. And uh, since I began the program, 
I've come to more peace of mind and relaxation, even though I've only got four months. Uh, I've been in and out of touch with program before that was always there because I had to be there. Don't ever say only. Oh, okay. I had to be there because <laughs> somebody... Okay. <laughs> I lost it. That's all right. That's it. Through the program, I've, I've learned that when I lose my train of thought or something, that there's a reason. It's, it's okay. It's, it's a miracle that I keep myself clean and, and sober. There's one thing that I, I've learned. I have the decision to do with my life as I want to. And because of the complications, and I think I'm getting even I'm actually, in the long run, hurting only myself. And when I reached out for the program, I was tired of running. I was running and running and running. And that's like the step, first step. I admitted to myself that I am powerless over the addiction. And that our lives, speaking for my life, had become unmanageable to myself, that my ways my answers weren't always right, but yet I was—I thought that I knew all the answers, and admitting that I didn't opened my mind to suggestive learning abilities of other ways than the ways that I had been controlling my life. It has helped me become a better person and understanding myself and becoming more understanding with someone says, okay, you can't do it this way. That's the way it's got to be. Well, I might not agree with that person. And before I might have expressed it, and said a lot of unnecessary things and through a lot of anger. And through the anger in the long run, I only hurt myself through that. Now today, through the program, I've learned that to accept it, Okay, it might not be right, but I'm finding out there are reasons behind everyone's thinking of why it's got to be a certain way. They've got a particular reason. To them, it's good. To, to me, it might not be, but that's all right. I'm not running the show. They're running the show. With my jobs, I used to go through six jobs a year, I, if not more. I couldn't hold down a job for anything because... I couldn't deal with society. I didn't know how to deal with people. I didn't know how to deal with problems. And today I'm, I'm learning more on how to do this so my life's more manageable. And I've lost my own self-respect, my self-pride, my own self-identity after a point when I finally broke down when I said I'm tired of running to reach, to help myself. I want the help. I'm the one that's making the decisions. I'm calling the shots. And now I'm doing it for somebody other than somebody telling me, you've got to go here, you got to do this. Because I always rebelled against when people put me in situations even though they thought it was better for me and possibly at that time it was better for me. 
but I didn't think it was better for me. So what did I do? The natural. I did everything in my power to fight the system, to get away from it. And and now I'm accepting it within myself, and, and, and I'm a lot happier, and I've, I'm beginning to get in touch with my own self-pride, my own self-identity a little bit more, and, and understanding of, of what the program and the steps have to offer. I, I can say that I'm turning it over to the higher powers. I understand them, which the program has taught me also. And not always do I feel relief, but if I can't deal with it, instead of getting myself hung up and frustrated and saying, well, the only way out is for me to do what I have to do with my drugs and get all loaded, I turn it over to the higher power. Sometimes I get an answer and relief the next day when I wake up. But more important, I, I find answers through the other people in the program, through their experiences. Not everybody can I identify with in the program. Some people have other problems worse than what mine are, and some not as bad as what mine were. But yet, they're all here, and I feel comfortable here because Everybody that's here that shares with me is helping me understand my life and helping me be a stronger and better person. And it's here for the same reason. We're all here to help ourselves in our lives to become better people with ourselves so we can have that peace of mind and comfort. And, and for, for the newcomers, they keep saying, keep coming back because it really works. I'm finding through the steps that it really does work, that this program is and has a better way of, of helping me live my life now than when I was out on the streets and willing and dealing and using. And I'm grateful for the program. Thank you for letting us do that.
and a brand new granddaughter, and I think this is what really hit me the hardest and made me really realize that, hey, I can't even hold my granddaughter in my arms. What is wrong? And um, really wanting to change. And I think that you know, my, my contact with, with an, uh, another girl and then more girls and, and calling on the phone and finding out that there's things that I that I was able to do to help myself. Uh, I think if someone had told me you've got to do something, it would have blown me away completely. Uh, maybe someone did, and you know, I, I just cut it off. But mainly, people said, "Betty, you can be anything. You can do anything you want." And so I started, ex you know, experimenting, and I, I watched people on the program and their their faces, the laughter. And uh, like Doug said, you know, couldn't hear the birds. Well, I got up, could hear the birds. You know, they were singing, and I thought, gee, that's strange. I haven't heard those in a long time. You know, and and different things. Even to this day, like the, the squirrel came out today, and this is something like about the fourth day in the row that the squirrel is starting to come back, and I'm starting to make friends with this little squirrel. And you know, it it really little things hit me very deeply. And they make me feel so good where I had just kind of shoved them away before. And as the years went on, I was getting so I wasn't seeing and doing a lot of things. Uh, since I've, I've come to this program, I've graduated from high school. I had, had to become a grandmother and then graduate ahead of my kids. And, uh, you know, and I, I, really, I really love that because it's an accomplishment for me. I, um, I'm getting so that I'm sewing more, and um, I enjoy that. You know, it's something that I can see that I have been able to do. Um, it's like I'm getting more and more done. The longer, you know, the more I'm on this program. Um, one way that I uh, that helps me is I use the steps, and, and the steps, you know, I. Whatever is happening for the day, I, I put into the steps of what can help me. And number one is out front. You know, no more funny little tranquilizers. Uh, no more of, of using all these little uh, hideaways. Uh, it's uh, it's learning to get out into society and living. This is something the program is to learn to live in society. You know, that's something beautiful for me. Uh, today, before we came to the meeting, we went to a, a, a dollar sale. God, I'm so addicted to those damn sales. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was like, now, I, I tried to hold myself down as much as I could, but there were little different things. And, and by the time I got home, I looked at them and I thought, geez. I really saved a lot of money, you know, and I have put myself down so many times in thinking I'm buying all these extra goodies that I don't even use. Oh, no, wait, that's a cop-up. When I think of that house, I don't know. <laughs> I opened my mouth the other day and I said, sure, you can bring those, those two trucks, two cars over and store them at the house. Oh, my God, they're so enormous, they're going to fill up the backyard. 
<laughs> so I think if we keep going like we're going, we're going to have to buy the house next door. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. So many things I've put myself down for through the years. You know, it's like I'm remembering now. And I'm looking back. And a lot of them, you know, it was like I can see a more proportion. There were things in my past that I don't. You know, I don't like to look at, but it's a part of, and uh, it's it's me, and uh, I don't know. I uh, the the program's helping me to accept each day, you know, different things that come into my life, or you know, going to the grocery store or whatever, and and working through that. I even enjoy going to Christmas sales now. You know, it's a madhouse. I love it. Before I was so frightened, I was afraid to be around people. Um, it's uh, I'm starting to stutter. I think Sue should go next. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Sue Manatic. My name's Sue. Um, the last week, huh? Uh, well, this last week's been really good for me. Um, one thing the program has definitely taught me, and that's uh, some of the awarenesses that have that have come about. The fact that I can stop and look at things and realize why certain other things are happening. Let me explain what I'm saying. The beginning of the week, well, at the middle of the week, I spent uh, a day with a girl, about two hours and 45 minutes. She's on the program, and that's all we talked about. It's just the program. I mean, we talked about everything imaginable. Um, I mean, everything that's been talked about here, we talked about, you know, your fears uh, in every area of your life, um, insanity, uh, addiction, um, you know, how you cope with it, how you get through it, you know, what areas you're still insane in, because that's where I find myself. I'm still insane in areas of my life. You know, I don't, I'm not addicted to drugs anymore, but I, I have an addictive personality and I'm addicted to a lot of other things in life now. Um, Maybe not as unhealthy, but maybe not so healthy. You, know, you really have to look at it. Um, and then that evening, I spent another couple hours with another girl on the program, and that's all we talked about. You know, that is all we talked. I had one full day of program. I was so tired at the end of the day that it felt good to be tired for once. I didn't mind it. Um, but I realized why I've been spending that much time with people on the program. And uh, something's coming up in my life, and I try to put it out of my mind, but it pops up once a year, and uh, it's something that I have to learn how to deal with, and that's the death of my mother. Um, it'll be three years uh, next week, and maybe to some of you that seems really silly, or gee, that's such a long time, you're not over it yet, but you have to remember that my mom was my higher power for many, many years, probably for 26 years of my life. She controlled it. I went to her for everything. Uh, you know, she was everything to me. And it's like, that was hard for me to cut that loose, you know, when she passed away. That it's like, now I felt, okay, now what do I do? You know, now that you're gone, what do I turn to? And I always thought I had a belief in her faith in a power greater than myself. But it's like, when, when that had happened, I realized that I did not have any faith. You know, I did not believe in a power greater than myself. And um, 
And for the last three years, I've had to learn how to believe in something greater than myself and to believe in the steps. And usually about this time of the year, I'll start working on the steps, usually one through six or seven. And, uh, and then that's like my inventory time. You know, this is my inventory time uh, to stop and reflect on what's been going on in my life, whether it be past before I got to the program or now since I've come to the program. And, um, and the steps have helped me work through this, this relationship that I had with my mother, you know, as being my higher power. I no longer feel that way. Um, I feel that uh, that I have a faith and a power greater than myself. Um, it's real hard for me to express things sometimes. You think after all the amount of time, after four and a half years, I'd know how to say something. But it's real hard for me because I, I've just recently gotten in touch with a lot of my emotions, too, a lot of my feelings, and, uh, and what's going on with me and who Susan really is. Know, and, uh, and that I'm not, that I'm okay today. You know, it's like I didn't, for a long time, didn't feel that I was worthwhile. Like Bob said at the beginning of the meeting, he felt out of place. And I, feel, I felt that way all the time. I felt that way for years. I still feel that way. I feel that way a lot. You know, that sometimes, uh, you know, what am I doing here? And that's my disease telling me uh, that you don't belong here. You know, we were talking about that too, how our, the disease comes out and that voice that Jimmy was talking about. Um, yeah, I got a couple of them, though. <laughs> I got more than one. I have a few. And um, and they come at me differently at different times. And just to ignore them and to continue with what I'm doing in a positive manner, you know, working the steps, uh, doing 12-step work, working with others, you know, showing my ass, so to speak, you know, letting you know that, uh, that right now, I don't know who I am. One more time in my life, I don't know who I am. I don't know who Susan is. Um, I'm trying to get in touch with me again. Um, it seems like for a year I do okay, and then I hit a certain spot, and I, it's like I have to start. You know, I it's like I lose I lose myself, and I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but it's like I start reevaluating. You know, who Susan is again. And yes, you're still okay. And look what you've done. You know, you you stayed clean all this time. And sometimes I have to stop and think, wow, that's a long time for me. You know, because when I was using, um, I didn't stop and think about how clean I was. I stopped and thought about how loaded I could get, you know, and how out of it I could feel. Um, you know, not about the good things that I could do in my life today. I, and I didn't really realize I was killing myself either, you know, until I got to the program. I, I've learned so much, yet I know so little. and. My philosophy to that is, is that everything I knew out there is is no longer valid, okay? When I got to this program, I started learning all new things over again. So it's not like I don't know anything. I just am relearning everything all over again. I don't know if that makes sense or not. I don't know. But uh, to me it does, you know, and um, I don't know. I feel good. This has been a really good meeting for me. It's, it's an exceptional meeting. I think because of where I'm at, you know, uh, with my mom and myself and in uh, relationship to the program and the people around me, um, I feel very strongly about friendships, too. Uh, they mean a lot to me. And uh, the few friendships that I do have with people on the program, I mean the very close, close friendships, the friends that you can uh, call anytime, day or night, 
the people who you can drop in their house and just dump your guts out to them and tell them, hey, this is where I'm at. And they'll sit there and they'll listen. You know, and they won't say a word. They'll just sit there and listen to you no matter how long it takes you. Um, those kind of friends, the ones who uh, love you unconditionally, that's something I never, I never thought. I thought, you know, I'll love you because of this or, you know, because of that reason or because I want this from you. And uh, when people would tell me they, would, they loved me, it's like I thought, wow, what do they want? You know, it's like I'd back off and try and figure out what they were trying to manipulate out of me. And today, it's like when someone tells me they love me, that's the way I take it. They love me for what I am, no matter what I am, no matter what I'm going through, you know, that they love me for that. And that's really important to me because uh, I never really knew a, a lot of love, um, you know, until I got to this program. And uh, I don't know, it, it makes me feel good. I really am grateful, and I don't, I don't like the word grateful too much either. But when I am, I mean, when it's like overflowing and out of my mouth, kind of grateful, I feel it inside. It's like I want to cry. I'm really an emotional person, if you haven't gathered that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like today, that's another thing. I cry very easily. Um, there were some women who got together a couple weeks ago, and one girl was talking, and it's like what she was saying, I know, was coming from her heart. And it's like all of a sudden I started crying and looking around the room wipe the tears real quick because I wanted to uphold my image that I'm tough and rugged and I don't cry for anything, which is not true. You know, I'm, I'm really finding that I'm, uh, I'm really very, I don't want to say emotional, but uh, I have emotions and I don't, I don't keep myself from, ex I don't try and not express them. You know, I express them uh, whenever I can. Sometimes I can't. Uh, sometimes it's hard. But I don't know. I feel I've grown a lot. That's, to me, from where I came from compared to now, you know, in almost five years, I've come a long way. You know, I have definitely made a 180-degree turn, uh, which is which is amazing to me. You know, knowing me and knowing the kind of person I am, it's really amazing to me. Thank you. Thank you. John? My name is John. My name is John, very grateful drug addict. I don't know, you're talking about the 12 steps. I, I like to back up just a little taste, just before the first one, and tell you how I felt about the whole thing. It was a bunch of crap to me, you know. And uh, I haven't heard too many dopings say that today. You know, I guess uh, there's some kind of atmosphere here that prevents us from, from saying, you know, I don't know. But the, how I felt when I came here, before I came here was a bunch of bullshit, you know? That was my attitude before I came to uh, Narcotics Anonymous because uh, that was my old ways, you know? I ate with a spoon most of my life and uh, my ID card and uh, had rough toilet paper and people told me how to live in jails and in institutions. That's where I came from before I got here. And the uh, 12 steps had very little meaning when I went to my first meeting. You know. My first meeting, I didn't hear a thing about the 12 steps of Narcotics Anonymous, not a thing. What impressed me the most was another addict. You know, was another addict. And, and the thing that impressed me the most is that he had a great deal of time on the program. And, uh, and it's the way he said it. It's the way he felt. 
the comfort he had that I had no idea about. I had never been comfortable, clean, and sober. I, I didn't even know how to stay sober for a long time. And uh, I don't know, I, I had to investigate myself. And the steps were like uh, secondary that I got into. It was secondary. I had to, I had to find out the feelings of the people in narcotics now, that was more important to me, you know, how they felt towards me, uh, you know, that they cared for me, not because I had the bag or didn't have the bag or, you know, uh, I was in jail, I wasn't in jail or, or whatever, I was rich or I was poor or what, you know? And uh, I remember when I first read that little book about narcotics not of me, I was in an institution in the toilet with the door closed all by myself because at that time the environment I was in I was in that house I didn't want people to see me read that piece of literature because uh, I had an image to uphold at that time and at that time I didn't even know what images are I've only went to fifth grade in school and I'm not very intelligent and perhaps today is my very best vocabulary, you know, because I do customize. <laughs> because I'm learning, you know, I'm learning. I'm going through a process of learning. And the 12 steps do mean a lot to me in my life today. Because they don't tell me what to do, like someone said today. You know? If someone told me what to do today, I would have told them to kiss my ass because that's how I felt at that time. But they suggest, it's not a human being in the 12 steps telling me, you know, directly at me that I had to do these things. More or less, some words suggesting that if I tried to follow these steps, that there's a possibility that things would be better in my life. I never intended to go this far. I have almost seven years, I'll, may I have seven years. I had no intentions when I came here to achieve that, you know, to achieve, to get money, to get anything, to get things that I could sell and not be able to move out. You know? I haven't sold my house yet, you know, and moved out. But uh, I do have a house have things. But of all the treasures I do have, I think the 12 steps are the best things that's ever happened in my life. I don't know who wrote them uh, or how they come about. I'm sure it, it wasn't, you know, some addicts that did it. I'm sure, and if they did, it was an accident. Because uh, that's sometimes I feel I have snuck up on, you know, the, the, the time I have clean and sober, I think it's just that, you know, uh, some other things that's happened in my life, that I had, the, the, I don't even know it's lack of word, but uh, the stupidity of trying these steps to see if they work in my life, and uh, testing them out to prove that you were wrong. Maybe that's what my trip was, to 
and they, they can do what they want with that because that's what's important. That the 12 steps and me giving it away, see, because as long as I can do that, I know that, that there's purpose, there has been purpose, and there will be purpose in my life. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. me a while also I bought this steps and uh, it's funny just sitting here today because one of my favorite steps today is the second step you know and the reason that it's funny is because when I first came to the program I thought that once I got the monkey off my back everything was peaches and cream uh, I couldn't identify with the insanity uh, my thinking was
I didn't really talk to Jimmy. Something just happened after I got off the phone with him. I guess it was just the assurance that somebody understood, you know, uh, where I was coming from. You know, he invited me to come over and talk it over the next day, you know. And uh, that relieved me. You know. By the next day, I felt better. Uh, and like today, I'm, I'm able to laugh at the situation. Um, I've learned through this program not to take myself too serious. Some of my best ideas uh, led me into the program. Uh, I don't know, just through working the steps and uh, just sharing with people and being a part of this program, you know, I've come to uh, an awareness of myself that's it's really unbelievable. Uh, some of the things I'm doing today, you know, when I look back at my past, it's like unbelievable. I didn't even, when I was using, I didn't have dreams of some of the things that I'm doing today. Some of the feelings that I have you know, for other people. Um, I just didn't care about people. I was afraid of people also when I you know, first came around. And uh, today I, I care about people. And, and it's, sometimes I can care about people and it's unconditional. You know, just because they're another addict. I like that about me. I'm kind of picking out some of the things that, that I like about myself today. You know, and it's a trip when I compare myself to where I was uh, before I came to the program. Uh, I too think I, I'm undergoing a uh, hundred and eighty turns also in my thinking. Uh, it's been a learning experience for me since I've been in this program. Uh, it's a good experience. It's just a good feeling for me to be a part of the program. Just to be able to share something. I felt for, I felt like a nothing for so long, you know, that uh, it just feels good to be a part of life, to be an asset instead of a liability. I'm just grateful to be a part of successful and uh, and try to uh, I don't know there, there, there's something in Narcotics Anonymous and I don't know what it is and it ain't in the pamphlet it's in the people and it's something that happens here okay it's, I don't know it's the spirit of the thing you know it's the spirituality of Narcotics Anonymous you know and somewhere in that if we could uh, our next speaker just try to relate to that you know just that spirit of the thing you know of uh, of we come here and what happens, you know, uh, you know. Oh, okay, I, uh, who was our next? Uh, were you next? Yeah. Okay. I know I'm sitting here listening, and like it's hard for me still to share because I, I'm not used to talking that much in groups yet. I've only been around about four months, and I shouldn't say only either. <laughs> but, uh, actually, like. That is that is heavy to me because for me to be clean four months is like a whale to live out of water. It's just not something conceivable. I haven't been clean 
for any length of time since I started using drugs, even in the penitentiary. I, uh, I don't know. My life has mostly been spent in maybe a search for something more worthwhile than just the common everyday living things, because I've, you know, had a number of wives and, and, you know, children and all those things and good jobs that, that supposedly mean something in our society. <clears throat> and through that, I am a failure at all that stuff and not being content with it. I've always tried to search for, like, uh, my concept, the personal concept of a power greater than myself, which is like a spiritual awakening. And like this lady said earlier, I, I've tried orthodox religions and other people's opinions and, and other people's organizations, and, uh, and it never worked. I always found that it wasn't, you know, wasn't me until, like, I've been exposed to this program off and on forcibly for approximately 10 years. And that is really saying something, considering the fact that just now I have four months. Uh, I came in a number of times, like I said, with force from the parole officer, force from, you know, mostly from the parole officer, mostly from the courts. And But the last time I came in a little differently. I came in, you know, Phil brought me here last time. And I came in with, you know, those things they say, you know, that are the only requirement for our membership, and that's the honest desire to stop using. I, uh, I didn't come in for a pardon, you know, not to be an addict anymore, or not, you know, I just came in because I was dying inside. Uh, I knew it, and like, I came in, you know, at my bottom, I, I didn't want to live anymore. And that to me was, was incomprehensible demoralization, because I always felt, even in my addiction or in the penitentiary or something, that it would get better, but I, I had lost that when I came in. I, I knew it was as bad as it was going to get, and it wasn't getting no better. Uh, I came in with no hope. Like I said, if I could just stop the pain for that day when I came to this program, that would be good enough. Now, as far as what's happened to me since I've been here, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, I, I still don't feel that comfortable around people. I still don't feel that comfortable sharing and all that, but... I'm finding, like, a contentment with life in general, and, and it's, it's through these steps, and, and, like, I've taken, like, the first six steps, and, and I work the eleventh step on it, you know, like, sometimes an hourly basis. I still have the thought to use a lot, but by, you know, maintaining a conscious contact with my higher power and, and realizing that that no matter what happens in this life, man, all I have to do is work on acceptance, and that's acceptance of people, acceptance of places, and acceptance of God's will. When I'm the most fucked up, man, as I find, is when I'm running things, when I'm, I'm out there, you know, trying to get my will taken care of. When I find that, that I don't judge people, and I just accept them for being that place at that time, and that's God's will for them or that situation is God's will for someone to benefit, maybe it's not necessarily me, then I learned that, that I can I can be comfortable and I can accept things. It's it's like, it's hard to explain. It, it's not like something I can just lay out here and let everybody look at. I wish I could because I know I wish someone could have done that for me when I first came around. But then it wouldn't be a personal thing either if I could just give it to someone. It, it's very personal to me. And I know it's it's that 
it's a taste of that spiritual awakening. It's a taste of maybe being restored to sanity. Um, I've done the things that are required. I try to take direction. I have a good sponsor. I, uh, if I would have made a list, like I said when I came in here, of what I wanted in sobriety, what you know, in the way of material things, or even where my head's at, there's no way that I could hope to have what I have now. I, I would have not never even conceived of it. I, I came in with <coughs> the material things <coughs> already. I had a good job, a car, a good old lady, and you know, a nice pad, and I lost all that. And you know what? What I've got now inside of me, in my heart, that was nothing to pay for all that. That was a minimal price. I mean, I, 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 for the first time, feel like I maybe I'm not playing the part. Like I'm here among people that that are like me and that accept me for being me, have the same fears, have the same inadequacies, have the same weaknesses as me maybe in more or lesser degrees in certain areas, but we're all the same. And I never felt like that out there in the world. I always felt like, well, I'll play the part, you know. I either felt better than or less than, always. And uh, I don't feel that way here. I feel like, you know, that identification of one addict helping another. We all have the same purpose. They talk in it, our big book is like survivors of the shipwreck. We all are. You know, we all are survivors of our addiction. Like if it, you know, if it ended tomorrow, what I've even gotten this far would be well worth the effort I've put in. I, um, I accept God's will for me in all areas of my life. When I don't, that's when I get uncomfortable, and that's when I get, get the desire to use. It's, um, I work these steps. I work them, man, on an hourly basis. Sometimes, sometimes minute by minute. I, I am powerless in all areas of my life. When I don't realize that power ex powerlessness or do not accept it, is when I really get fucked up. I don't know. Like I have hope today. I have a lot of hope for my future, and I have a whole lot of hope for God's will for me. I feel like that in time, you know, that my contact with my higher power will become a lot more consistent, and I'll have a better understanding. But right now, I have a concept, and that alone is well worth worth more than I ever hoped for from this program. I know that the fellowship is mandatory because these people have shown me how they achieved that and let me take little pieces here and there. And by me sharing, maybe that's, maybe someone can understand, you know, get something from me that'll help them come to some kind of understanding. I don't know, like I've spent maybe 10 years of my life locked in prisons and institutions. And every time I came back out, I thought I had the game down a little bit better and I would make it. And finally I did. I made it for two years and it almost killed me. I, uh, I know this is the answer for me, this program. That's one I have no doubt about. And, uh, as long as I keep my priorities state straight, and that's the only one i got to work is the first step to 100%. I've got to not use it. And that I'm doing. I'm a success. And that's a trip because I ain't never been no success in I really care to be. I don't know. Things are happening in my life that I can't, I can't really even talk about. It's just like in all areas, it does work. It's a program for living, and I'm learning to live. I'm learning to laugh. I haven't learned to cry yet, but I, I'm working on it. <laughs> I, you know what? That's a big one to me. Everybody laughs, but you know, like 
I've even gone to my mother's grave and tried to cry. You know, and I can't do it. But, but I feel like it's possible and time it'll come. And I don't know. I just I guess this is me trying to give back a little of all I've got. Thank you. Thank you. whatever I want to do. the living scene for me. Uh, I like to often confuse it with where I'd like to be emotionally or spiritually. And I can't really control that. I can strive for things, but I can't control necessarily, you know, situations in my life to make it the way I want to be.
death might seem to help. For me to get out of myself is uh, it's a real treat. For me to not be self totally self obsessed for a few moments is kind of nice. Because I'm usually not self obsessed about things that are the best for me. something and uh, I walked into this meeting and uh, it's just unbelievable what uh, you have to do with sobriety on a day-to-day -day basis because it's really, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, it's like the things that people are able to accomplish, the things that people are able to do today and where they came, came from, you know, it's really hard to believe but it's true. Uh, it's like the thing that attracted me to the program when I first came around was the 